0: Your offer needs to be unique to stand out amongst thousands, or in OnlyFans case, 2.1 million other creators, and we need to figure out a way to do that. So that's really what we're gonna focus on in this space, how to have a unique offer and how to actually create one. Welcome back to On The Horizon, this is Melrose Michaels, I am your host and I'm here to share what's worked for me in building my adult creator business to try to make building yours just a little bit easier. Let's get into today's episode. Who misses free and
1: affordable ads without the anti-sex work rhetoric? Assembly 4 is a team of sex workers and technologists from Melbourne, Australia, aiming to bring back free and fair advertising to the sex work community. They also give back to organizations based in harm reduction, Sex work and education. Stepping away from the clunky design of traditional platforms, their platform Tris.link is a refreshing and well needed change in both presentation and mission. It's free to join and open to all. In the words of an A4 user, from the policies to the language to the advice and tips, it makes such a big difference to feel supported and encouraged instead of policed. Hello,
0: everyone. This week's topic is why you need a unique offer as an adult content creator and how to make one. So as an adult content creator in today's really, you know, competitive online world, it's going to be essential to stand out from the crowd and kind of stand out from all the other creators doing similar things. So if you think about it, there's over 2.1 million creators on just OnlyFans alone. And we need to stand out from that crowd as massive as it is no matter which adult platform you call home. So even though 2.1 million is for OnlyFans and maybe they're not all adult and not all explicit, um, that kind of gives you just a general idea of the marketplace when a fan is subscribing to you versus subscribing to another adult creator. So one of the best ways to differentiate yourself is by having a unique offer that sets you apart from others in your niche. But before we get ahead of ourselves, let's define exactly what an offer is, because I think that That's kind of a business term that gets thrown around. And I want to really break it down into something tangible. Everyone who's listening is going to be able to grasp and really utilize. So no matter what business you're in, if you're selling something to anyone, you need an offer. So like that's baseline. So an offer is defined as a proposal or suggestion made by one party to another with the intention of reaching an agreement or a transaction. So an offer typically outlines the terms of a proposal or deal. Or exchange including what the offering party is willing to provide and what the receiving party is expected to do in return so that's like the the by definition but because that's pretty technical let's remix it into just content creator terms right so for an adult creator an offer could be a proposal to provide exclusive or extra content or services to subscribers in exchange for a fee for the subscription but for example an adult content creator would offer a monthly subscription that includes access to, let's say, daily posts or behind the scenes content or one-on-one virtual or video chats. And that offer provides value to the subscriber by giving them an exclusive access to content and experiences with that creator that they otherwise wouldn't have. So that that is an offer. So everyone with a subscription or a fan site, they have an offer. Everyone selling clips, that is a different offer. But anytime you're making a transaction or attempting to sell something, you're starting with an offer. So the subscriber in return going to pay a fee to access that exclusive content and the creator benefits by earning steady income from their subscribers. So this exchange represents a very clear and mutually beneficial offer. If you're enjoying this podcast episode so far, please take one moment to share it with another one of your adult content creator friends. Because you know what the rule is here, we do not gatekeep, and we want to make as many adult creators' businesses as easy as possible. And you sharing this episode with them might do exactly that. Thanks so much in advance. Now, I know what you guys listening are probably thinking, you know, you have a subscription price on a fan site, therefore you have an offer, which is true. You do. But yours has to stand out next to hundreds of thousands, or in OnlyFans' case, 2.1 million, other creators who also have a subscription price as their offer. So your offer needs to be unique to stand out amongst that crowd, and we need to figure out a way to do that. So that's really what we're going to focus on in this space, is how to have a unique offer and how to actually create one. So a unique offer can help you build you know, a loyal following, attract new customers, and grow your brand. And today what I really want to do is explain why you need a unique offer, and then also help you provide tips and like takeaways so you can actually think about this, you know, logistically on your own and then create one. So I really want to make sure people understand this because it took me a long time to really sort this out myself and it's made all the difference, I think. So why you need a unique offer? Obviously, you want to be different. You got to stand out. With so many creators vying for attention, having a unique offer is going to help differentiate yourself from the rest of the pack. So it's going to be what gives you an edge in the marketplace and makes you more memorable to your target audience. But there's other benefits to this. So this is the only one we spoke on so far in this space, but I really need to drive this point home. If you have the same subscription price as everyone else, you list the same things you offer in your bio, you have a profile picture that looks like the next girl's profile picture, your offer is not going to stand out. And this is important. The other benefit of having a unique offer is by because you can increase the value. So by offering something that other creators don't, you can increase the perceived value of what you're doing or your work. So this can lead to higher sales, obviously, because it's a higher price point, higher value, and increased customer loyalty. So for example, if your offer includes something time intensive, right? Like cosplay is very, you have to make the costume, you have to do the makeup, you have to make a set. Usually there's a, a lot that gets involved in something like cosplay. I'm trying to use an example everyone will probably understand. So with cosplay, you can charge a higher price because you're letting your subscriber know that your content has to do with cosplay which is costly and it takes more production value. But without including unique words and setting that expectation for your offer, your sub-price, whatever you might be pricing it at, it's not gonna feel justified to the user and it could be costing you actual sales. Because if you're not emphasizing in your offer that I'm a cosplay creator and then I, I put all this work into this thing, they're not gonna understand why you're trying to charge twenty you know twenty four ninety nine a month versus another creator charging nine ninety nine a month. So you have to kind of make sure that you're explaining why yours is more valuable, why your value is increased. And including copy like talks about cosplay, talks about what makes your offer special is gonna help to increase that value. And now the third part of this, which is a unique benefit is brand building. A lot of creators I don't think really think too much about how this plays into your offer. A unique offer is a great way to build your brand and establish yourself in a niche. So. It shows that you're innovative and willing to go above above and beyond to provide value to your customers. And again, we can use this cosplay example since most people really relate to that or understand what cosplay looks like and how that business model works. But if you're building a brand around cosplay, it's important to mention that in your offer so that when fans think of you, the creator, they also think of the brand and then the content associated with you. So like most creators, when they think about the Melrose Michaels brand, right, my brand, they're thinking Red Hat vanilla content girl next door that's really what my brand is that's what it's shaped up it to be and then this secondary thing they're going to think about is probably gaming because of how i doubled down on that last year if you google my brand malry spikles i come up listed as a gamer which is weird but sure because it's not my main thing but i'll take it so now that i have those elements i know what my brand looks like and i can work those elements into my offer of why you're going to pay x and why because maybe my unique offer is i'm a gaming OnlyFans model that actually sells sessions where you can control my toy while I'm getting it. So that's a unique offer. Other creators might not be doing that. It's a great way for me to stand out and differentiate my brand. But now you know these three elements that are value adds to having a unique offer. You're obviously going to stand out. You're going to have differentiation. You're going to have increased value because your offer states why it should be at a certain price point and it really outlines that expectation. And then it's going to build your brand you have a good offer it's going to reflect the kind of brand you're building the kind of creator you are and also the kind of content they can expect to see associated with you but now this is going to bring us to exactly how to make the unique offer one part that i really am going to harp on this first bullet point this is huge this is something i see so many creators missing and i really want to make sure you guys think like think carefully and intentionally about this because it'll make a difference is knowing your target audience so it really doesn't it ceases like never ceases to amaze me that creators new and old haven't spent that much time thinking about their audience so like consider this if i ran my sex work ceo twitter accounts or like my social accounts for sex work ceo but i spoke to you the audience of creators in the same way that i speak to fans on my melrose michael socials this these pages wouldn't be growing the way they are because i'm not speaking to the right audience i'm not using the right tone i'm not using the right verbiage because my audience is different so it always fascinates me too because i see a lot of creators actually tag sex work ceo and stuff the twitter page to promote their OnlyFans and like add their OnlyFans links. But those creators are missing the point that our audience is of other creators, not people who are likely to subscribe, not people who are likely to go and follow other creators. It's an audience of creators versus an audience of fans. So really knowing your audience as a creator in, in the details is going to go a long way. So this is because the audience of creators, everything I do with this company is focused on helping creators and solving creator, you know, problems creators face and serving creators. So When you're on your socials and you're talking to your audience of fans that audience is going to look vastly different for each individual creator so you really need to take time to look at your data so this is your fan site data this is your social media data your interactions and how you engage with people in comments and in back and forth conversations on twitter really see what you want to attract one to build your brand because that's going to add to your brand identity but also to get to know who your unique audience is, because that's gonna dictate how you speak to them and how to effectively. So if you don't know who you're talking to, it's very hard to get a point across or to make a sale or to have sales copy, that's gonna work because you don't know who you're talking to. So to create a unique offer that resonates with your target audience, you really need to understand their desires and their needs, They're like what problems they face. An example of this is like, maybe you have a disproportionate yeah. amount of audience that's looking for sex advice, because part of your brand is that you openly talk about sex ed or, you know, sex education. If you're a, a creator that does that, and I see a lot of creators doing this, like kind of giving advice in this way, that's a different audience that you're going to attract. You're going to attract, yeah, fans and regular, you know, the horny guys, I'm sure, but you're also going to attract fans who are interested in being better lovers or being better performers who are interested in the sex advice that you're sharing. So what do what do they value? Maybe that audience, or what does your audience value? So. Even if you don't give out sex advice, maybe your brand is very um, humorous. Maybe you're really funny tweets or you're big on memes and that's built into your brand because that's what you're producing and publishing and putting out there. So what does your audience value? Maybe that audience values humor. And then they want to stick with you and be loyal to you because you keep them laughing. So that audience would value humor over the sex advice, for example. And unless you know, based on the content you're putting out, the audience you're attracting and the audience you're actively engaging with, and getting feedback from them, you're not going to know what your audience values or what problems they're facing that you're solving as a byproduct of how you're being a creator on life. What does your audience want to achieve? That's something else to consider. So like the obvious answer here is to come. Yeah, we all know that. That's why they're here. That's why they're subscribing. But they might also be seeking other things. So what else could they want to achieve? Maybe they're seeking connection. And do you provide that? Maybe they're seeking like a more companionship um, type of experience. And do you provide that? So if you are, like maybe you're advertising with words and phrases like digital girlfriend experience. So these are things to consider because if you say digital girlfriend experience and that's a service you're offering on your fan sites or in your, you know, Sex Panther, texting back and forth or whatever platform you're using, unless you are building that into your offer, you're not going to attract that fan base that you want that's going to buy that thing. So really knowing your audience is so important. And I think at a baseline, we all just assume our audience is, you know, a certain a male demographic primarily that is into this kind of content. But you should really think carefully and, and try to go deeper on that because if you can pinpoint those other things, if they value humor, if they value companionship, if they value sex education, whatever other variables, there's more than just those three. There's a, a wide gamut of things you can be offering that you might not even realize you're offering when you put out content, that you're attracting an audience that values those things, And you can incorporate that on the paywall side as well. So once you have a clear understanding of your target audience, you can create an offer that specifically targets them and meets their needs and provides real value. So let me think about this. So if you have a clear understanding of your target audience and they value um, humor, you can create an offer in in terms of like how you optimize your profile on OnlyFans or whatever fan site to read that says, not only do I keep you coming every day, but I'll keep you laughing as well. So now you're differentiating yourself Because you're funny and you're witty and they're going to have a good experience that's going to leave them feeling happy and lighthearted and what have you. That makes your offer slightly more unique than the other creator that lists. I do JOI, fetish, boy girl, um, voyeur, uh, things like that on their profile, because almost every creator offers a variety of similar things like that. So having something that's going to set you apart because you know your audience and what they're looking for and niching down in that way, is going to go so far for creating a good, unique offer. Something else you can do is offer something unique. So think outside the box in terms of what you come up with that sets you apart from others in your niche. So this could be a special product, a special service, or a special experience that you provide. Something I saw very recently that I just thought was the fucking coolest was um, a creator I was engaging with via Twitter on Sex Sexmercio because I had saw that they actually were extremely talented artists and they would do these sketches of dick ratings that their fans um, were tipping for, paying for that experience to have their dick pic essentially sketched and have that sketch coincide with the rating they provided. That is such a unique service and product to add to that creator's fan page or subscription site. So like thinking of things outside of the box like that that are going to set your offer apart from others in your niche because almost every creator nowadays is offering dick ratings and that is the first time I've ever seen a creator offer to do artistry and sketch around something like that which is such a cool experience. So, offering something unique and trying to think outside of the realm of what you've seen on your twitter feed from other creators or what you've seen commonly done from other creators that could be the thing that really sets you apart and makes you stand out and also makes you hella revenue so consider thinking outside of what you're familiar with and create a unique piece to your offer so this could even be like a new approach to solving a problem and delivering value so maybe you put out your content regularly but you're going to do that sex advice thing so Maybe you're active on TikTok and you give out sex advice or I know Ginger Banks does a lot of that, which is really impressive, sex education. But you could be doing that on the back end as, hey, if you want sex advice in DMs, tip me twenty seven ninety nine and we can have a 10-minute discussion on a topic sexually that you want advice on. That can be a unique piece to your offer that makes you stand out, niches you down, also is a complete umbrella over your brand is something that makes you stand out and is associated with your brand and your content that sets you apart. So whatever it is, making sure it's unique and it offers real value to your target audience. So again, unless you know who your audience is, you're not going to know how to offer real value to them. So you have to kind of start there. This third point is to create a sense of urgency. So this is more on the sales side. So to drive sales and encourage people to take action, creating a sense of urgency around your offer. So. For example, you could limit the number of available slots to something or offer a time sensitive discount or create a limited time offer. So the same approach should also be taken with like PPVs or interactions you're having on your fan site DMs. Using copy, that is a great way to do this. So like adding to a PPV message, this message self-destructs in 24 hours. So get it while you can. will add that sense of urgency to whatever you're offering. So I guess too, I I should clarify having a unique offer is what you're, fan is purchasing when they subscribe to your site what makes it stand out what's special about your fan site what experience you're providing that's one offer you can also think about what you offer uh, below that under that umbrella in your dm so this is where that sense of urgency can be built in you can even build it into your subscription too saying like um uh, only the first you know 10 subscribers i this price point or the first 10 subscribers get a 30 day discount or what have you you can build it into your page offer your actual fan site offer You could also build it into your DMs for a sales approach that's going to increase your sales. Oftentimes, if I make a really good piece of content, I will send it out in a mass DM on OnlyFans and on my uh, usually just OnlyFans is my primary place. But I can also unsend that on that platform so I can tell them it's going to expire. It won't be available tomorrow. I can say that I'm Mm -hmm. going to unsend this message or this content after it gets 10 unlocked to create a sense of urgency so they know that, oh, my God, if I'm not one of the first 10 people, I'm not going to see this. And what that does too, it puts it out there, it makes better sales because of the sense of urgency. And if you really do unsend it, and you really kind of train your audience Mm -hmm. that if you say you're unsending something or it's not going to be there, it's really going to be gone, that will only make them act faster the next times you do it. Because there is really a science where you can train your audience to engage with you on platforms how you'd like them to. So consider that and how you can create senses of urgency, whether it be in PPV, whether it be on posts, and whether it be in your bio or your subscription itself. Thing that's only available to a limited number of people or a limited time. And then fourth, this fourth part about creating your offer is to test and iterate. This is a part that no one wants to hear about. <laughs> this is the part that is literally the boring work, but it's the, the work that makes the difference. So once you've created your unique offer and you have this thing that stands out, sets you apart from other creators, it's very clearly stated in your bio on your fan site, you tweet about it because people that follow you on social associate that offer with your brand, They're going to they're going to think of you and they're going to think of your brand and they're going to think of the offer and that kind of content all in one kind of swoop because you've built it that way. So once you have this unique offer, it is now your mission to test it and gather feedback using the data that your platform, whatever it might be, provides you. So when you're testing your new new offer, you're going to write out like a short for version of your offer to use it for your subscription area on your fan site, like where they actually click subscribe. There's like a little text box there where you can write about what they get for subscribing. You can have a short form version of your short form version of your offer for that little subscribe area. And then you're gonna have a longer form version of your offer in your page bio so that when potential fans read through it, they can be persuaded to subscribe. So you're gonna need both the long form of the offer and then the short form version to speak directly to your target audience and explain why you're different and how what you do on your page is unique to anyone else's fan site so this is the test and iterate page but before i continue on i'm actually going to read you what my only fans bio states to give you an idea of what my current offer is and how it's worded in the bio so you can kind of get an idea of the long form version of this so first off in my only fans bio this is what it reads. why is it 24.99 because i post new videos every single night and that is the first line because if you get to my only fans this whole bio section is actually collapsed and only one line of it is readable so the first thing i'm doing is addressing my price point because that's going to be the majority of people's issues with subscribing to my page is this price point and then i follow it up with saying this is why it's that price point so that's already addressed why is it 24.99 because i post new videos every single night so if they do open up this bio area to read the rest this is what they're going to see they're going to see that it says i run my like a premium snapchat which means New videos go up seven days a week, 365 days a year, every day at 7 p.m. TST. Daily shows, photo sets, and audio message replies so you know it's me you're talking to, and more, all included for less than a dollar a day subscription price. Every month, with subs with Rebel on, we'll get randomly selected to win a prize, plus discounts on sexting sessions, dick readings, custom content, and more, as well as the opportunity to control my toys when I'm filming shows, which means you could be the one making me come tonight then it finishes off by saying, I can't wait to get to know you. Yours truly, Melrose Michaels. And under that, if you check out my OnlyFans bio at some point, you'll also see it says expect to see. And then it says a bunch of words. So it says natural redhead, toy control, lush, lesbian, G.O.I., blowjob, girl next door, sex dating, video calls, dick ratings, big tits, whatever. It says like all of these things. A lot of creators are overlooking that this bio area on your OnlyFans is keyword SEO optimized. So if a fan or a user, I guess, is just Googling around looking for someone that's a redhead that does JOIs and sexting, because I have those keywords in my profile, my profile will rise to the top of that search engine, maybe not first or second, but it'll rise up there because I have these keywords at the bottom of my profile. So that's something to consider as well for your long form of your offer. So I just wanna point out in my offer, I address the price point because that's gonna be the pain point for the client that they need to overcome. Why is it this price? Because I do this every single day. And then I explain why I'm different. I'm different because I run my page like a premium Snapchat. You get shows every single night, 365 days a year, posted at 7 p.m. So that's why I'm different. And then I also qualify, you're getting the daily shows, photo sets, audio messages, and more, all included for less than a dollar a day subscription price. So now they understand my offer, and then I've qualified it like, yeah, remember how we said it was expensive? It's really only less than a dollar a day. So I've also made them feel like it's not that expensive. And then below that, I add extended value, saying, Subscribers with Re- rebel on get discounts on so and so and so the opportunity to win a prize. And I can't wait to see you and get to know you. Love Michaels. So that is my offer. it Tells you why I'm unique, why I'm priced that way, etc. Now, if you actually look at the purchase offer, the subscription, it gives a shorter version of that same whole spiel. So new shows every single night. Subscribe for this price. Can't wait to see you. Something like that. So shorter form of the same thing. So you're going to have two variations: a long form, a short form. And the short form, is going to be almost like an elevator pitch of sorts. So now back to the point of testing and Once you've got that offer established, you're going to use that offer for 30 days, and then you're going to watch your analytics to see how many subscribers you're getting in that time frame. You're going to see have they increased since the last 30 days. If not, you're going to make changes and improvements to your offer and the language you've been used. Like sometimes just changing the copy makes it impeccably better. And then you're going to test it for another 30 days and see if that offer resonates with a target audience and provides real value. Also, you can literally use your offer and rework it for social media, uh, depending on the language you use, you know, so into TikTok, Reels, et cetera. So you're going to have this offer so down pat that it's like a personal elevator pitch as to why someone would, would subscribe to you. So once you've got it locked down and it's into this perfect like pitch kind of statement, you can implement it and test and iterate. This is the part that people get stuck on is everyone gets to this point. They've created the offer. They've done something. They made themselves unique. They know how to produce great content. You know, they're thriving, but they don't test to see if it works because I cannot tell you how many times I have come up with this fantastic idea in my head and put it out into the world and it just flopped because I was wrong. (laughs) And I am wrong a lot of the time. And the only reason I know that is because I test, the market tells me I'm wrong, and then I pivot. But if you're not testing and measuring, the actual data that comes back to you in the form of feedback, fan comments, the actual analytics on your fan sites, you're just doing the same thing that's not working. And you don't want to do that for a long period of time because you're not going to see growth and you're not going to see that um, trending upward in terms of revenue and so on. So just to recap this part, uh, a unique offer is essentially for any adult content creator looking to stand out in today's online world and you're going to need to know your target audience, offer them something you need, and then create a sense of urgency around it Put it into place test it and then retest it until you find that you're in a sweet spot and it's working and then when you create this offer that sets you apart from others in your niche it's going to help you grow your brand and attract new customers just as a byproduct. because once you've got the offer so solid you're going to actually start to attract people who are looking for that thing you're providing because you've been clear and you've communicated it effectively and a lot of creators just aren't out there doing that so that's kind of what i wanted to talk to you or speak to you i guess about today and aside from just dissecting your offer, I do also want to mention that this this is going to take time. Like I said, test it for 30 days. I think that's the bare minimum, testing something for 30 days and then changing it. The better tests with better data are going to be more like 60 and 90 days. I don't think the average creator has the patience for that. I don't typically have the patience for that. I'm only testing things for 60, 90 day periods when I really feel it's super necessary. So I do want to mention that. So it looks like we have uh, a question or a request. So I want to bring up Drew Blue to speak. Let me add you as a speaker. We've got Foot Queen here. Um, it's connecting. So you're available to speak as well, Foot Queen.
2: I'm in this space. I see a lot of my buddies in this space. I'm so glad that we're getting this knowledge. Um, I, love I wanted to ask your advice as a foot model. So... Um, the foot industry or foot models when it comes to running OnlyFans pages is pretty generic. I've started networking with people in sex work, and that's where I get all the tips and the knowledge and stuff like that at. So when it comes to um, offering my customer something, which is something I wanted to do right, I've been uploading on my OnlyFans. It's just been kind of like a side hustle for me. I never really thought of it or treated it like a business. So I had it at a low subscription price, and I would post frequently Because feet people like a lot of different things. Like I can't just post one thing. I can't just post boy or girl. Some people like smelly feet. Some people like high heels. So I was constantly pumping out something that resonated with my audience for a low price. But recently I kept the price low and I post only three times a week videos. And now I pay-per-view. So I've been noticing like the more taboo stuff or the stuff that I put money behind, not just posting my phone against the wall and making a foot, you know, a foot video. They've been eating it up. So now I see, okay, well, my audience is willing to pay for a lot of this fucking content. So I'm at the point where I'm like, okay, so how can I continue to maximize on these guys that are here? Like, should I do some type of like, what are some tipping games that I can do? Maybe I can do something like that. Or I'm trying to figure out what else I can do to make them spend.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. And that's a really good point that you make too, is that obviously as creators, you can only make so much content. Like that's the reality with well, one person uh, most of the time or one couple um, or one partner, you know, scene. But pumping out content to cater to every portion of your audience can be such an overwhelming feat. I don't know pun intended. Uh, but the one thing I would say is that there's a big missed opportunity in DMs and uh, PPV. I'm noticing now that I've kind of started offering mentor mentorship that, there's a common thread amongst the creators who have like opened up their pages to me and so I can help them is that the PPVs aren't being maximized. And that is such a a loss for me because I'll tell you like out of my page, 90% of my money comes from the PPVs, not the subscriptions and not the tips and messages. It's just from unlocking. But I think the caveat to that, um, and I'll, I'll answer your question more specifically too, but the caveat to that isn't that I'm sending out a lot of mass message PPVs it's actually that I'm doing one-on-one PPVs per user so that each user feels like they're getting their own unique experience with me. Because when you send out a mass message, most users know, but when I'm like, say I'm talking to a fan in DM and I'm starting a sexting session with them, well, I have i have pre-made sexting session photo and video clip set that morning that I'm using with that fan to make him, him or her feel like it's happening in real time. And it's a very personalized one-on-one experience. So you could definitely apply something like that to foot fetish, where it's like maybe, you know, one morning you make a, I'm calling them sexting sets, but anyone could call them what they want. And if they were feet-based, I'm sure there'd be something else, but where it feels like it's a, it's a individual experience for that fan. So like, if I was doing that, for example, what I would do, because when I make sexting sets, they're so, so easy. This is not like a hour filming expedition. This is like, I, it's a safer work selfie. It's a non safer work selfie, topless. It's, Maybe like a booty pick, and then pantyless booty pick, and then it's like a minute clip of like showing my boobs, showing my ass, showing my pussy, whatever it is. Ultimately, it'll be like fingering or a toy or whatever, just for the climax of the sexing session. But you can apply the same philosophy and get all the content in maybe ten to twenty minutes to do something around your fetish or whatever kind of content you make. So if I were you, say I would start making these sets every day, a little bit a different set every day. And then you're just going to have this library of individual content that that fan is going to think is just for them being made in real time and that you're giving them this crazy experience other creators are not going to take the time to provide. So like say you get up tomorrow and you film uh, a set, an uh, easy content set around feet. So maybe you start with nylons on and high heels and you're dancing. And then in the next minute, you know, a couple photos, just regular photos, then Next one's will be clips and you're dancing. So you're showing off the nylons and showing off the heels. The next clip is you slowly removing the heels, showing your feet, your soles and the nylons. The next clip is you slowly unrolling the nylon, showing your bare feet and bare soles. The next clip is you adding lotion, lotioning up or baby oil like on your feet. And then the final clip is like you with the, like a realistic toy jerking off with your feet. Like that could be a whole set. And that's around just one part of one thing a foot fetish uh, fan is going to like is the heels, the nylons, the oil, what have you. And then you have that in your library to use multiple times with multiple other people in a one-on-one way to have them unlocking. Because I'll start my photos, for example, as like a $3.99 unlock for the not the safer work selfie. I always do for free because that's like a, a hook. It gets them interested and feels like it's a, a real interaction in real time. And then the second thing I'll set is the non-safer for work for like three ninety-nine. dollars And then when I get to the clips, it's $499. I get to more explicit clips, it's $6.99. And before they realized it, that, enti- that fan and that one interaction on one day has spent 30-something dollars in DMs having an experience they feel is catered specifically to them. And then you still have that content bank to do the same thing to another fan. And that's what I would do.
2: Oh, okay. So when I send out, though, the stuff that you just said, I don't send it as a mass message. I send it individually to one person.
0: Yes. What, what you could do if you like to just increase the volume is send, like, the safer work picture as a mass. So that they get is a mass message out for free. And then all of the people that respond to it who are actively online, you start um, selling them the rest of the set one on one. Oh, that is so smart. Okay.
2: All right. So that's some good games. Let me I'm trying to milk you for all I got right now. Okay. So we get that's that. All right. That's all right. And uh yeah, I'm I so I didn't do pay-per-view and I was very against pay-per-view because I felt like you know they're already paying I don't want to bother them I felt like that I would be looked at as a scammer or I would be looked at as you know whatever the case may be by charging the price and then selling them so I was doing this very low subscription price and giving them more than what they were paying for in hopes that they would stay around because I didn't want to lose anybody and then I finally got yeah. to the point where I'm like I'm burning myself the fuck out fuck all of this fucking yeah. shit. Like Y'all are here for a reason because, you know, nobody can give you what the fuck I can give you. Um, I'm the queen of feet for a fucking reason. Like, you're here. You're not going anywhere. So I'm about to make my fucking coin. And I have to realize, like, these people that are here are people that are willing to pay because they pay to get up in this bitch. And they want to pay for yeah. what they fucking want. So, yes, baby, I- I'm telling you, if anybody is on the fence about it, I would do it. I mean, I have doubled and I've only been doing it for three weeks. I have doubled the uh, in um in money since i've started since i lowered my uh entry price and then did the pay-per-view and i don't even send that many pay-per-views like the last three weeks i've only sent like maybe three two or three a week and it's already doubled my income they unlock that shit like fucking crazy oh goddess can you make one or are you gonna where's this video are you gonna send it to the dm and i'm like damn so y'all waiting on me to send shit to the dm okay mm-hmm. okay
0: so i'm excited. In- i know what you no, that, and that's amazing. And I'm so, that's great. That I fucking love. Early success is so inspiring because it keeps motivating you to continue down this path. And a lot of creators don't get that privilege. Like It's hard at first for a lot of people. So I'm so happy to hear that you've had that experience. But something else you can do that I think would be um, interesting for you. And this is something I do personally. I don't, I don't, um, I don't encourage most creators to run their page like I do because I'm very content-heavy. I come from a premium Snapchat background, so I can pr- I can create a lot of content and overproduce. That's just what I'm used to. But that's not the baseline. Like, that, people shouldn't be striving to that. So with that, with that being said, something any creator could do is if you do charge a low entry price and you have a free page, there's two pieces to this. So first off, free pages can make a lot of money if people really monetize the PPVs and the DMs. So keep that in mind for if you're listening and you you have a free page and a paid page some I think in the future free pages actually will be the better business model long term um, and because you can monetize them so heavily in DM so that's a caveat but what I was gonna say is that something I've been doing with um, my page because I have so much content on the feed um, and it's a high subscription price right $25 is a fucking is a high price compared to other creators Um, and they're willing to pay it because of the value content on the feed included but I'm still monetizing and upselling in DMs because really the people join your page for two things they join for the content as a surprise and they're never going to spend another dime or they're drawing for the surprise and they don't know what else you offer unless you tell them which is why i need to sell them at ppvs and then this is what makes it special so on my feed even though i'm putting out 30 shows a month you know one a day for 30 days in my the way i do is i have a trailer and i have the show um i have other stuff a photo set whatever but that's besides the point. when i have the trailer the trailer has them up for the show the show gets posted an hour later at the end of the month, I go back in my um, my feed, I delete all the full-length videos, but I leave up only the trailers, and I edit the captions to say, if you want to see this full video, DM me and I'll send it to you. And then once that month is over, they get that video if they ask me for it for full, for full price in DMs to unlock, because that month I'm putting out 30 new videos in my feed. So if they don't actually come to me in DMs and pay to have that purchase in DMs, they will lose access to it after 30 days. And that's something any creator can do with their content on the feed. That
2: is an amazing idea. Um, I want to ask you, what do you think about this thing that I've been preaching on for a while and something I'm actively doing? I have over, I have a lot of content, probably not considered a lot of content, someone like you, but I had over 500 videos, full length videos, my beautiful artwork on my profile and all of these pictures. And uh, I decided to go through and delete most of it. And the reason being is that, first of all, I personally feel like I don't want everybody having access to all of my shit for that low of a price. Um, All of this beautiful stuff that I've created over the last few years for a low price. Second of all, I don't like my shit to be leaked like that. So I feel like now in the times where people can download a fucking extension and go to your OnlyFans and zip all your fucking content, I don't want somebody to be profiting off of my entire portfolio. So I think I'm going to only keep up maybe 100 videos. Mm -hmm.
0: So there's two things I caution about that because one thing that also helps convert users. So like when they go to your OnlyFans, for example, they can usually see at the top of your page how many posts you have um, and having more posts will make it more appealing to subscribe. So while I do agree with deleting um, stuff that you don't want out there, because yeah, you know piracy is a real thing, that's a real issue, especially if you don't have a piracy component to your business. I do have a DMCA company I work with. I I highly suggest everyone does. that's I think it's fundamental to your business because if they can go Google it and find it, they're not going to subscribe. Um, but the other piece is if you can, so something I've done, for example, with like explicit photo sets that I put up on my feed. When I go back in my month, I'll delete this. I'll delete the explicit ones. I'll leave up the safer work ones. Um, and something I do on my free page is I'll post the explicit photo, but I actually censor like my tits or whatever is explicit about it with a screenshot of a review from a fan so a testimonial of them saying how great my page is my vip page i will use that and piece it over my photo to censor it and i'll leave that up so they're not really getting to see the real thing they're getting a censored version of it that also tells them how great my page is as a byproduct and i'll leave up the post so that my post number stays high because that's going to convert more subscribers
2: okay so though um some of the videos that i took down i started to pay-per-view them if people wanted it so i call it like my vault like because a lot of people that subscribe to me they've been subscribed for a while and so they've seen the video before but the new people don't see the video so i decided yeah. to repost it as something new in the pay-per-view and charge them full price for it to recycle the post
0: mm-hmm. no that's perfectly fine and something else you can do this is a fun thing that i've been doing too and, and fans actually like it there's this this kind of loophole on um, only fans where- you post something in the feed yeah they can see it whatever but if they say it's, say you don't delete your feed like I do um, and stuff like that they you know it's probably like six months back that one video they really like they want you to send it into t- DMs to them so what I'll do is actually it's in the copy and the captions of my post during the month when the when the contents available during the month you know it's still on the feed in the ca- caption of my post it'll say if you want to save this video to your purchase section in your uh, in your account and you know as a user's account on OnlyFans Tell me, comment on this post, and I will send it to you for the lowest unlock price, which is $3, so that you have it saved in your purchase section and you don't have to scroll back through the feed for it. And then, so that's one cat that gets more sales in DMs because you're selling a convenience, so they don't have to go hunting for this thing. A lot of fans will pay for that convenience. A lot of fans now request that I send them lots of shit in DMs because they don't want to go hunting for it. And then if it's for me, because I do delete off my feed, if it's no longer on the feed when they request it in DMs, they don't get that $3 unlock price. They pay full price for it. And all my fans understand that because that's what I've set them up and kind of trained them to interact with on this page because that's the experience I've decided to provide them. So you can also just pay to have that convenience and be like, hey, I know you really like that video that I posted six months ago. I'm sure you're tired to scrolling up on OnlyFans. We all know this fucking page doesn't load. So why don't I send it to you for a $3 unlock and you'll have it in your purchase section. You'll never need to look for it again. You can do things like that as well. Okay.
2: All right, so what I think I'm gonna start doing is um, deleting some of the videos, but posting at the same time. So the the what do you call it? Yeah, so so the number stays high. The number stays high. Another
0: another trick too is instead of posting photo sets that they have to scroll through, is post the photos to your feed individually because it'll raise your post count.
2: Oh, that's so smart. That is smart. Okay, let me see what else I have to say. I don't see anybody else's. Is anybody else waiting on the mic? I don't wanna hog the world.
0: Uh, we got two more requests.
2: Okay. Well I'll go down. Thank you so much, Melrose.
0: You're welcome. If you think of something, just let me know. I'll bring you back up. All right, let me I'm gonna bring it back over to
3: Joy Blue. It looks like you requested again. Let me add you. Hey Joy, can you hear me? Is ever continue on from what Foot Queen was saying actually. Um with regard to um kind of upselling. So I um, I'm quite uh I'm a night flirt girl, phone <laughs> sex girl. Okay, nice. Um, so I can't quite get on to Sex Panther yet, being in the UK, unfortunately. I'm trying, desperately trying to get on. Um, but what I do do um, in chat, Foot Queen, um, is I upsell whilst I'm in chat on night flirt. So I will get my boys up to a point. So obviously, joy, I'm into joy obviously but i do do a good line in feet and stockings etc as well and what i do is i get my boys worked up to a certain point um on um on chat and then i'll go away and i'll record like 20 30 second literally audio clip and i'll sell it to them pay per view for like 10 20 and they'll buy it because they're so worked up um and then they'll come back and then they'll they'll be hot and then they'll <laughs> come to me and then i'll send another and i can send like two or three of those maybe more in a chat um just just keep building building and denying as it were um so that might be something to do as well um i, I just wanted to share it i, I didn't want to get, keep that information that i had um and something that's actually worked for myself
0: definitely no i love that i think the actually audio oh, sorry if you guys hear my cameo um my, the audio part of the fan site features is so underused i sell custom audios all the time it is like a huge part of my business and also i put out a lot of free audio because if you understand that fans are always so you got to overcome the objections of fans, Mm -hmm. right so they're going to object to whatever you charge um on your price point just to be subscribed they're going to object to whatever you're selling vvs they're going to have an objection because if you don't establish a value to it they're not going to see why it's worth unlocking but that being said fans have and they do place a lot of value on voice messages in dms because they want to know that they're legitimately chatting with the model they think they are. So that alone is enough value to sell audio messages. Because if you can give a fan and prove to them that the person on the other end isn't, you know, an agency chat team or what have you, by giving them an audio message, they will open up their wallets as a as a byproduct because now they trust you and you build rapport with them. So the audio, great thing to bring up. I'm so glad you spoke to it because it's so important to the business. Even if it's not your thing, even if you're not like a a voice kind of you know creator just incorporating that even if you're a foot finish creator voice goes so far it's so intimate
3: it gives so much validity to what you're doing oh absolutely i mean and that's the thing especially with audio you can be so descriptive with it you know you can be so descriptive and sexy with it you know um and that in itself yeah, can sell absolutely. um one yeah, thing definitely one thing i wanted to, to just ask you i'm just about i've just opened my own fans again um i kind of backed out when it all kind of like went tits up a little while ago Um, but I've just rejoined again and I just don't know how to go about it with regards to to clips so I mean what's best to do I mean do I do I put my full clip on and like let my subscribers have it um, for Mm -hmm. I don't know an infinite period of time yeah yeah yeah. Um, or do I just just put a teaser on and just sell it via yeah, I'm, i just don't know i don't know can i answer what your sub price is um i haven't set it at the minute because <laughs> i'm just I'm, 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 oh, okay. I'm, I'm just i'm just coming back to it
0: okay just getting the feet wet yeah okay so it's it sounds like your primarily like the content you've created is primarily clips are you more used to running like fetish and clips yeah clips, yeah clips, yeah stuff yeah. Like that? yeah okay so for a creator like you there's also another option too like i've seen Creators that are more clip artists and that's their nature and their background and that's the audience they built and the fans they create. Something you can do, I think creators don't realize this, this isn't how I run my stuff. Um, how I run my stuff is not necessarily the right way to run things. It's what works for me. But um, what you can do is you can actually build out your feed to be a clip store. So even if your subprice is zero and you have no sub price, you can post your clips and have them paywalled. So they have to basically tip or pay to unlock that clip on your feed on a free page. That's how it works. You can have a title of your clip in the in the copy, in the caption. You can have a thumbnail of your clip that's obviously safe for work or censored to be safe for work. And you can just have your feed like a clip store where they can just go and unlock the clips as they want, a la carte, whenever. And then after, what I would do if, if you do choose to run it that way is to pay attention to your notifications tab on OnlyFans because as soon as you get a notification that someone is tipped to unlock a post, that means it's a hot lead and you should DM them say 10 minutes if the video is 10 minutes long, 5 minutes long, whatever, DM them before they have time to watch the full video and so they get that DM notification and you can start interacting with them while they're warning, while they're impulsively spending and then take that and upsell and DM. So that is one way to kind of transfer the clip store um, business model onto a free only plan um is to have the posts behind a paywall where they have to they have to pay to unlock the posts on their feed. And then you can pretty much set your feed up like a clip store if you're going to do that. Make sure you take time to add a thumbnail that's like in the free preview area of your post, um, and you have really good
3: copy that's enticing and seductive to get them to want to purchase. That makes perfect sense. Thank you so much because I didn't quite know how. I, I I didn't quite know which way to take it, and I've I've been sitting on literally I've been sitting on it thinking, do I go free? Do I go paid? What do I do? Um, yeah. And how do I do the content? You know, because at the end of the day, you know they're they're getting some good stuff for for free and. The, is it forever you know is it that actually makes that actually for me makes perfect sense thank you thank you you're so welcome you're so and there's other ways (laughs) you can
0: do it too like you could definitely do a low like a sub price then post everything to the feed and delete it all you know delete the full links after leave the trailers you could do that model as well but it depends on how how you want to do it um if your audience is trained to clip stores and clip sales that might be a better approach
3: just try to start and test you know Oh, that's perfect. It's not, I'm going to step down. I'm going to let the next person go. But thank you so much. That that's invaluable. Thank you. Oh, you're so welcome. My pleasure. Okay, let
0: me bring up. We've got Andrea. Oh, I love that name. Let me bring you up Andrea. Welcome, welcome.
4: Hi. Good evening. What you Hello there. Yes. Hi. Um, uh, my question is, since I'm a new um adult film actress, I'm who also is interested in doing mainstream stuff as well. I'm trying to figure out how to com- not compartmentalized, but just organize my content because I want to do um, some things in terms of like movie reviews, but more reviews about like sex work movies or sex worker focused movies or um, mainly or just like erotic stuff. So I'm just trying to figure out like because I'm more of like a writer, how could I organize my content and what would be more appropriate to Bonitide as I get started?
0: Okay. First off, I love that the review thing that's super cool. And that, like, that's a great example of making a unique offer. of this like, cool niche special thing that other creators likely aren't doing. So props to you. That's an awesome offer. Um, and then also, when you're saying organize your content, do you mean like on how you uh, set it up to sell it? Or are you talking like organizing it into like drop Dropbox so you can find it more easily or in your ball. or like what do you need to say um, organized
4: more more the former uh, the former part like just trying to figure out how to sell it because i many other screenwriters they don't really have a whole lot of websites they just kind of have their social media stuff where you just see their personality and they're just more available for jobs that way for me i just want to be, be a little bit of both like i'm able to write like for if they need a script for less cinema, I could do that. Or if they need someone to write and star in the movie, I could do that as well. Um, so it's just trying to just make sense and make dollars off of it off the same time, which is where I'm kind of at with it.
0: Okay. So it sounds like, so when you're doing the reviews, are you putting them up publicly, like on social or you want those behind a paywall?
4: Um, I want to well uh, let me do it this way like I do want to do reviews that are not paywall but I guess in terms of like screenplays and film essays that I want to write I kind of want to paywall them I just don't know how that would make much sense to do that
0: yeah yeah I see what you're saying um and, and you produce your own content like regular like your own adult content on your platform as well your fan side of choice right
4: yeah I'm still trying to get verified just been a very difficult month just trying to get started um uh, i have to pretty much wait until friday just to even pay for um web hosting and all that so it's okay. it's has been mostly text for the most part um i have someone interested to shoot um content with me um but i'm probably gonna have to let those first scenes or two go on his only fans for the okay. most part since it's like a, a collaboration
0: Okay. And just make sure you know, too, when you're doing collaborations, uh, it, it could be for trade or for not, depending on if you're working at like, a production company or a studio or what have you. But you can also, also as a creator, you can negotiate uh, co-licensing your content, which means that you also have the right to share and, and post it to your fan site or whatever platforms you maintain. Oh. So something to consider, um, because I've seen a lot of creators get screwed out of being able to post content because they don't own any rights to it. So something to consider is a co-licensing agreement of content if if you want to go that route. Um, That being said, uh, it sounds like you are a prolific writer who's talented and you want that to be part of what you do and part of what you monetize. Something that comes to mind that's interesting to me, uh, and I don't know if this is going to answer your question. This might be a tangent that my brain just took me on, so make sure to bring me back if it's useless. Uh, But when you start posting your own content to your platform, it could be a cool um, lead magnet to review your own videos. So like this is something, this is just an idea. You totally don't do this. But Twitter, for example, has that audio feature where you can record your voice and put it out in the tweet. I don't know if you've seen that. It's kind of a, I don't see people using it much, but it does. Um, you can almost review, like watch your video in the background and review it and do a dialogue with it. Or you can do this in, in a thread, like writing it out on a Twitter thread and review your own film. And then at the end, you could link and say, if you want to watch the video yourself and comment on it, your review, head over to my OnlyFans or whatever your website is, your platform. And then you can almost attract fans that way by reviewing yourself, which basically is just a, a written expose on what they can expect to see. And you can use that to generate fans towards your paywalls. So that's something unique that could be cool for you to differentiate you and, and incorporate your writing and your review thing. And then once the, enough companies and platforms see the way you write, um, because you're putting out examples, it's basically like a, almost an entire resume of the way you can write movie reviews then you can bring that in the success you've had on bringing fans to a page because of the reviews, you can almost turn around and sell that to platforms and companies like, you know, a browsers or, you know, whatever studios and say that you'll write their reviews and then backlink to their platform to drive traffic back to them. And then that's something you can repackage and sell to the adult industry side while you actually got it working for you to attract fans to your paywalls. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's a good idea. Thank you for that. You're welcome. I hope it didn't answer your question at all. I hope
4: <laughs> it did, because my whole thing is trying to just bring good sex back to the movies. And yeah. I know starting off with porn and the, with what you just said, that would be a good start and seriously for mainstream. Mm-hmm. But with mainstream, I want to make it solid that I'm a reliable writer. Like if you mm-hmm. want to bring back basic instinct, if you want to bring back there is a reliable person who understands how to meet both the commercial need as well as the, the writing
0: yeah. Do you have you done a lot of commercial work that you have, like a resume built or a portfolio, something that you could submit? Have you done enough of it or are you still um, building that?
4: I started to, but then life has interrupted me for 10 years. <laughs> so okay. I get it. I get I've only done like just simple production work for PBS and anything I did for like film school. That's pretty much been my only um, non-porn related um, resume at work.
0: So yeah it sounds like you could definitely use the benefit of having a larger body of work still in this space mm-hmm. um so that might be a really good place to start okay all right i'll definitely do that thank you so much you're so welcome and i'll think if i think of anything else in that realm too i'll definitely reach out um because I, that's a something super unique i don't see a lot of people venturing into that space i'm sure there's other ways to monetize that that i'm just not thinking off the top of my head
4: yeah for sure i don't want to take up um, everyone's time as i know probably other people have a lot of questions but i'll definitely email you more um things I do want answered.
0: Yeah, for sure. Please. Okay. Thank you. You're so welcome. I'm going to bring out pleasure down real quick. Let me add you as a speaker. And as soon as it connects, you should have the floor. Yeah, you should be good.
5: Hi. So I was actually asking for put for doing... Give me just a moment. There. Uh, input for doing... Uh, I'm trying to do erotic AS- ASMR. Oh, nice. I'm looking for a way to market that or get that out there because from the few clips that i have created i've had really good responses or and i've had people women hit me up and like hey um so i came to you a few times this morning so i'm trying to look (laughs) for a way to better build that and my um basically my image in order to get more subs. get subscribers in general because i literally just started on only fans and excite
0: okay nice oh i've been hearing the most amazing things about excite Money. also i want to look more into them but i've heard phenomenal things about them so far um first off your voice is phenomenal uh, this is definitely something you should be doing um <laughs> and the thing that so i'm on actually went to my twitter profile right now and the biggest thing that i would say make an immediate improvement towards this is you twitter has that like i mentioned to the last uh speaker um twitter has that audio function so if i were you just for advertising to start getting your brand one associated with erotic asmr to attracting an erotic asmr fan base etc is utilizing that twitter audio function and then just putting out samples every day a little sample of you know maybe a paragraph that you read of what is essentially erotic asmr and publishing it in tweets so that that basically your Twitter becomes a preview of what they can expect to see on your fan site. Cool, cool. Yeah, uh, I think Thank I'd start there. I'm sorry, what did you say, sir? But um, yeah, that's where I would start because I think that audio features underused. It'll make you stand out, and then your whole entire profile more or less will be kind of like a a a lead band that's getting people to your fan site, and then it gives them a sample of what they can expect to see or hear.
5: Okay, because what I've been doing is I've been. I got somebody who actually makes songs for me or background music. And um, I just basically go into my erotic fantasies and things like that. Um, and I'll put a, no no like a, one of my videos in particular, I had someone, um, I took a video of raindrops on the window, you know, going down the window and he added some thunder and rain and whatnot and just had me talking over it of, um, and basically doing my fantasy that way and so me and him have a deal of like 10 to 15 um sounds in order for me to be able to loop them and continue to do the same thing over and over
0: okay that's perfect no i think that's a great place to start and it's something again that's a really unique offer that's something a lot of people aren't doing um so i think you're right place. got a cool market fit you have a unique offer i would just make sure you're using that audio feature to advertise it because that's going to build not only the fan base but it's also putting out samples of your work Um, I would imagine at some point, other people would start reaching out to you and also asking you to do voiceover work for them or incorporating your voice. Like, for example, I'm a solo creator, so I don't ever have any element of a man in any of my content. I'm solo or girl. But like, for example, if I had found your page and I could hear your audio samples, I could DM you and message you be like, hey, could you read? Could I pay you, you know, however much money to read the scripts that I can utilize your voice in my content to bring an element of a man into my content? So that's another avenue that you could be monetizing as well, but you have to build up the portfolio outwardly with like the audio tweets to kind of put that out there so that people will approach you for those things too. So it's just a matter of of kind of making it a part of your brand outwardly and giving those samples out for sure. I think that's going to be kind of the, the lever to pull that's going to give you the most
5: ROI. Okay. Um, Also, what what would you recommend or how long would you recommend my clips be for, um, you know, I heard y'all talking about the walls and whatnot Um, for my snippets, how long do you think those snippets should be of the of my sessions of the uh, ASMR? Because they usually run about, we'll say like seven or eight minutes.
0: Seven or eight minutes. You're so you're talking about on the paywall side, on the like the OnlyFans feed, etc. Right? Okay, I think that's actually a good amount. I think it's funny because when you used to create content, or when I used to create content when I was starting out, like in ten years ago range the expectation was like 15 to 20 minute videos. but like, and now really I'm the majority of creators are putting out like six to 12 minute videos. But honestly, I think that's a sweet spot, like eight to 10 minutes. I think it's plenty. I think that's a, a meaty offer in terms of value.
5: Uh, meaning the, uh, the advertising part instead of oh, on Twitter. Um, oh,
0: yeah. like a trailer, like a trailer,
5: Yeah, a little trailer for my only fans. So that way they're like, Oh, I want to hear more of this.
0: So what I would do is I would first off identify like, so every trailer, and this is something a lot of creators this to, uh, that I noticed is there's not like a good hook or a good cliffhanger or a good place to end that leaves them wanting more. So if you can identify that um, in your ASMR content, like where's the, where you're almost about to climax and then you cut it off and then they're going to be like, ah, oh, fuck, I need to subscribe and see the rest. Identify that section of the content or on the ASMR clip and I would take like 30 seconds to a minute of that to give them enough build up to that, that climax point where you cut them off. And what I would do is not only make that a trailer for like either your free only event or your free fan site or your marketing, but you can utilize that same section and that same audio and put that out on Twitter in the audio, um, audio feature in your tweets. I would just repurpose the exact same snippets.
5: Alrighty. Um, sorry. I know I'm trying to get a lot out of you as well.
0: That's um, okay. No worries. No worries.
5: So I also do, um, live sessions where I, uh, do BDSM. I have my own red room that I, uh, use, um, i'm trying to figure out a better way to advertise that i am a dom and uh, offer a let's say a daddy dom experience like you were saying the girlfriend experience mm-hmm. i want to try and do that as a dom where you i send out a mass message and say hey, you know did you drink your water today did you eat you know things like that well how would you do that
0: so if I was doing a Dom situation and I, so I actually, I have a, a huge fetish audience um, on Sex Panther because that's for me is where kind of that audience for me lives. So I do a lot of that with the me- the messaging on there and that includes mass messaging too. So I would do something where you send out a mass message, but at the end of either the copy or if it's a, like, if you're sending out a video where you're talking and, and describing what you want them to do, what have you, video, photo, caption, whatever the request, the, the verbiage or language is in. Um, utilizing that and making sure it ends with a command so that they have to send you something back proving they're doing the task. And then once they do that, they've engaged with you. And then your next order could be in a locked PPV to tell them what to do next. And I would do it in that way.
5: Okay. Um, How would you do a pricing for that if you wanted to have the daddy dom experience?
0: So I think it depends on what the requests are, right? So like, uh, say you're free will using a so like you send out a mass message and you're like did you drink your water today if you did i want to see you uh i want to see you swallow for me like something like that like make it a little sexual and then say i want to see you swallow for me and then after that say send me a video of you doing what you're told and then the people that are going to engage with this mass message obviously they're going to reply with that video clip. and once you get that video um they're sending that to you for free and when you respond with your video clip, I would price it. So I like to start low and then continue on and raise the price because that's going to get you the gamut of who can afford what at whatever length they can. So like, the, say you're responding with the video clip saying, um, oh, like the way your throat moves when you swallow whatever, whatever, um, at, I can imagine myself in it or something like that, right? We'll keep it naughty. And then you send that for 3 And then... Again, with when in that video, when you say that, you're also going to request them to do a next thing so that they have to re-engage with you back. Whether it's written, whether it's sending you a photo, whether it's sending you a clip, they re-engage with you. The next thing you send them with the next command and the next response, you're going to do it at $4.99. And you're going to keep creeping it up. And as you keep creeping the price up with every reply or order that you give them, I would increase the length of the video you're sending them so they feel they're getting value for it. Um, and that's how I would do it. So this way that the fans that can respond to you that are comfortable unlocking at 399, 495, 599, they're still getting an experience, even if they can't keep unlocking past that point. So say they've unlocked three, uh, with the, um, I guess, commands from you, command videos from you, and then they're out of money, what have you, and they respond with the final request. They do what they're told and say, like, I'm sorry, uh, I actually can't afford to continue, which you can't say all the time. You'd be like, well, I'll reward you for being good, or being a good girl, being good, whatever. And then you send them something that's for work, free, selfie, whatever. Um, and then they feel like they've had this awesome experience with you and that there's a finite end to it and that you've respected where they are at in their like fan situation with spending. But then the other people who are responding and are comfortable continuing, you can continue down that spending longer clips and sending it for deeper price points. And that's kind of where you start to engage um, not only different pieces and sections of your audience, but you'll get to know what their spending habits are. And then right there in their notes, like OnlyFans has a note section. Most of these fan platforms have a note section. I would also keep detailed notes like this user typically stops spending around $4.99 because then you know when you're interacting with that user, you can send stuff at $4.99 and just keeping detailed notes on the experiences you're having with them so that you know those price points and you can work with them in that range. Because the worst thing you can do is send someone something at like $24.99 who's only ever unlocked for $3. They're never going to unlock that message. So you got to kind of cater to where they're at. In, in order to do that you need to know where they're at so that's how
5: i would do it awesome thank you very much
0: you're so welcome all right i think that we got uh for Queen. come back up you're still a speaker real quick questions
2: do you think yeah. it makes a difference oh sorry my voice i'm getting over a cold it's horrible <laughs> do you think um it's a difference if i were to lock my profile versus leaving it open
0: oh are you talking for twitter
2: no only fans
0: Oh, uh, What do you mean lock it or leave it like a free page versus a paid page?
2: No, you know how like you go on there, you can make it private to where they can't see what you've actually posted. They just see the number of media versus unlocking it to where anybody that's not subscribed can scroll and see kind of what you've been posting, but not being able to see the media.
0: Oh, yes. So I think the benefit to that is always let them see more because it's it's censored, It's blurred. They're not seeing actual content. But uh, again, we got to think about the use, like the fans' experience of of this kind of OnlyFans dichotomy. For a fan, most people, most creators' fans subscribe to. They don't post consistently. They don't post quality, or they don't deliver on what they say they're going to provide in their bio. Like they're not actually giving the experience that they claim they would. So, like if you can let them scroll your feed and see all of your posts, and even the captions, the captions and the copy matters so much because that's making more sales than people realize that's going to entice them to subscribe. Whereas if you just don't let them scroll and see that there's nothing proving to them. You are doing the content at the amount that you're saying you are. And it just makes it harder for them to trust without having seen that. But I would definitely keep it unlocked in the sense that you're describing. Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. I also wanted to ask you what you thought about, because I don't understand why these guys don't interact on only fans like, I spoke to a few other people, and it's like the amount of followers they have don't add up to the likes or the comments. It's like they just beat their dick and leave. Like, wait, can a bitch get a like? And so I was thinking about, um, kind of like, I'm I'm trying to retrain my audience. Right. So I want to train them to like and to comment on my post because honestly, if you just beat me shit and leave and I don't know what to keep posting. I don't know what yeah. y'all are liking. So that feedback is important to me. So I was thinking about, you know, putting a post and it's gonna be like house rules and being like, I reward people that engage with my content that like and comment. And the top people, you know, in the end of the 30 days that like and comment on my post, they get a freebie in their DM. And I was thinking about maybe sending them like a free picture set or a free little J-O live video or something um what do you think would be a good idea or if you think that that in general is a good idea
0: i think you're on the right path i think you're making more work for yourself though so because you're making the reward for it there's two i think there's two factors at play when you have a page that's not as well engaged as you as you'd like and part of it is training the fans for sure the other part of it is quality fans because like a lot of us have there's this thing that a lot of creators are doing myself included um, which was like guaranteed gains promo, which is like they take your trial link, they shout you out over and over and over until so you get the guaranteed amount of fans to your page. But what really ended up happening is that, yeah, I got a thousand fans from the shout out because they posted me over and over and over until the number on my link, my free trial link, hit a thousand. But at the end of the day, I'm still having fans who value free trials coming to my page, which means they're not quality fans. So there's two elements of of a problem here is that most creators though especially the ones where you're saying like the numbers don't add up to their likes and comments when they have like 30,000 followers or fans that's because they have a low quality of fan um typically from those guaranteed gains of those free trial shout outs and promos so there's two factors so one yeah definitely retrain them but i don't necessarily think you need to have a reward system in place in that way you could do that mm-hmm. in the start and see if it kind of starts to snowball and take off i think it's, it's, it's something cool to test for sure Um, especially because in the foot fetish realm, you're kind of in a fetishy place, plus fetish people like being told what to do to some extent. So it might work um, better for you than I would think it'd work for me. But something I do is one, make sure you're engaging back. So the people that do comment, you're commenting back so that's visible, so fans can see you engaging back. Another thing is, um, and I don't know if a lot of communities do this, but I will go through my notifications tab and everyone that likes, I will right click on their username under the notification says like, John Doe liked your post i'll right click i'll open their profile in a new tab and i'll do that for everyone in the in that notification center uh, center so i'll have like 60 tabs open of all the users that have liked something and then i'll go one by one I'll open the user's tab to their their profile i'll message them i'll say things for like my post babe whatever i'll exit out of the tab i'll go to the next user things for like my post whatever and i'll actually engage back with them because i'm teaching them that that is valuable to me so once a fan fade like went out of your way to tell them things for liking or thanks for commenting or thanks for unlocking this post or thanks for that tip on that post then they're more um what well, better trained to do more of that behavior so you can do that as well so do you think i can
2: add all of them to a list and then later go to that list and send a voicemail and mass uh, send it
0: i think that's probably work um only because <laughs> adding them to the list uh i mean you can but are you going to add them to the list every day delete them from the list just to send a mass message like I don't know if that's more... I don't know the exam count, so I don't know if that's more valuable for your time than going one by one. It kind of depends on the base of people you're working with, like the volume. Um, But you could do it that way, too. I I don't see why you couldn't do it that way.
6: Okay. I'm
2: going to put my hand back down and let the next person speak.
0: (laughs) Okay. I don't think there's anyone else. I think we actually got to everyone. Um, It's just me. Um, Um, I was
5: going to say, as as a man, um, Mm -hmm. whenever somebody posts under their picture to... um, you know, say or do something like, let's say you post a feed pic or a foot pic and you're like, oh, what did you eat for dinner or what did you eat for lunch or something like that? You know, I I would respond to that. Um, being told or even asked ask, because, so, you know, some guys don't like being told. You have some that want to be, you know, asked. Um, that would also help as well from my point of view as a man.
0: Yeah, no, that's great feedback. You know, what, that, that's another thing too I should mention. So when he's uh, when Pledge is saying like, uh, ask versus told, either way you, you spin it, um, and this goes back to copywriting. So in your actual post, the caption you actually use, um, making sure you have a call to action. So like if I pulled up my page right now on my OnlyFans, every single post that I put out has a, a CTA or a call to action. So it's either gonna say tip this post, comment on this post, like this post, or, or again, unlock this post. If it's on the free page, it'll say unlock. Um, so having a call to action, It'll always be one of those four, but you're going to like make them spicier, saucier with the caption you're using. So sometimes I'll say um, unlock this post because I'm deleting it in 24 hours. And if you don't, you're missing out. Sometimes I'll say Un- uh, unlock this, but only if you um, like being told what to do. Like you can add a caveat to the call to action that makes it more enticing or more um, seductive. Um, so making sure each post has some kind of call to action, unlock it like or comment that's going to drive your engagement up and something else you can do um, that i do in literally all of my posts is i actually there's font hacks you can use specifically on onlyfans um, to make your call to action stand out so a lot of people don't realize and i've done reels on this in the past but if you are typing something in your post or in your messages on onlyfans if you put one asterisk in front of a word and one asterisk after it it makes the font appear italicized If you put two asterisks in front of a word or sentence and two asterisks after it, it makes the font bold. And if you put three asterisks in front of a word or sentence and three asterisks after it, it makes the font blue. So what I like to do is I'll emphasize using my font, but I always put the call to action in blue. So if the sentence says tip this post if you like me in this purple lingerie, tip this post is going to be in blue font. And then the rest is going to be if you like me in this lingerie because it makes the call to action stand out to them and then they're more likely to take that behavior. There was one month where I made hundreds more than the month prior and the only thing we changed was making sure each post had a call to action and that each call to action was in blue font. And that was a, a big like wake up call to me because I thought I felt shitty asking for tips on posts because they're paying a price, But reality, like that's sales. If they feel like I'm providing the value that they're signing up to receive, they're gonna tip the post and they're gonna take the behavior. So that's another thing you can do as well, is kind of play with those font hats and, and improve your copy to have the call to action. That's starting bracket it blue again. So blue is three asterisks, the little star shifts and the little star on the eight uh, eight button on your keyboard. And you do three of those before the word of the sentence and three of those after the word of the sentence. Okay. Uh, Nerdy, I'm bringing you up uh, as a speaker. Nerdy Amazon, you have the microphone. I think you're muted right now. Hello. Thank you. Um, I have you're another welcome. question, but... Real quick, what was one asterisk in front and a- Oh, so one asterisk is before and after is italicized, but like the slanty font. Okay. And then two before and after is bold, and then three is blue. Okay, appreciate that. And then I might have missed it, but
6: you made a post before about using the chat AI, because I'm terrible about captions, terrible about captions. Like you want the pictures, you want the videos. Okay, cool. But when it comes to making it fancy and flossy, I I just so um. Did you ever make the little masterclass that you're talking about with AI, or is there anything that you can give now that can kind
0: of? Yeah, I can help now. So the um. So we have a set of courses coming out first on uh, Sex Panther, and then the courses that follow that are coming out will be on the ChatGPT and, and AI uh, products that you can use for improving your business. But one thing I'll I'll say that it's probably easier. So ChatGPT is a good option, but you can't get away with saying anything spicy with it. Um, you're still gonna have to add that kind of language back in. Um, but it's it's great for inspiration too. So um, give me an idea of like what kind of content you create. For example, like what would be a video you'd be posting? What kind of content it would be?
6: Oh, uh, that's kind of changing right now. Uh, it, for the most part, it's all been just smut, um, okay. just like solo. You know solo play toys things like that but i'm really trying
0: to push more towards the femdom stuff that i offer so okay so obviously you can't say like ChatGPT is not going to spit out anything about like masturbation or sex with or whatever but you could write to ChatGPT, for example let me think here i would write what is a persuasive thing to say if you want to take someone to dinner So it's going to give you something persuasive, meaning it's salesy at some level. Everything is transactional, so persuasive will equal salesy. Way to take someone to dinner. And then let's say that the video or the content you made was something going naughty at dinner or like masturbating at dinner and you're filming at your house. It's not a real dinner, but you get the idea. Some kind of content like that. I have a whole video of me being in a fake restaurant in my room and being bad under the table and it's shot under a fake table. So something, let's say it's like that. So you have it write the mainstream copy, a persuasive version of that, and then you take it, spice it up, and use it for your caption. And then you make sure to add a call to action. Um, something that works really well in terms of taking AI copy or ChatGPT copy, spicing it up in the call to action is using if and then. Because if you're sending this out in a PPV, for example, you want to make sure that they unlock it. So I would say like if you if you would take me to dinner and you'd and you'd have me for dessert unlock this post to let me know So you have the, the call to action is unlock this post to let me know and then the if you would it makes it more relatable to your audience and then it's going to engage with that content because the content that they unlock will have to do with that thing so it's almost rewarding them for saying that they would do it you know what i mean you could start there um that's one piece the other thing is there is a developer version of chat gbt um so if you go to beta.openai.com forward slash playground. It's going to open a version of ChatGPT that is the developer mode version. Um, it still doesn't like saucy things, but it will write more saucy things. So if you type in there, it's like a white box. It looks kind of similar to ChatGPT. You'll type in um, what you want. Say, I want a um, flirty way to say, a uh, flirty way to persuade someone to take me to dare. And then it will spit out probably a better version if you if you need more assistance. Like if you're not great at copywriting, I would start with Playground because Playground's going to give you a lot more to work with and ChatGBT is because of the censorship that it has on it. So if you're going to want to like play around with writing copy and learning how to write seductive copy, et cetera, right. um, I would start in Playground because it'll give you more. And something else that I noticed helps with writing like sexy copy using the Playground developer version of ChatGBT is to ask it to write you an erotic story instead of asking it to write you this in a sexy way or a a caption for a video. So I would say like write me an erotic story where, uh, write me an erotic story in first person because we wanted to be first person um, where I'm persuading a man to take me to dinner and that it's going to start writing you that story It's going to be in first person. So when you take it, it's going to be as if you're saying it directly to the fan because it's in first person. And then you can take that, tweak it and use that as your caption um, and use that for copywriting as well. You've been dropping gold nuggets all day.
6: What was that? What was that <laughs> playground? One more time. I was, can you put it in the jumbo? In the what? How do I even do that? Let's um. See. So pretty
2: much, you go over to the corner where the purple button is. That says uh, comments. It says four comments. You click it, and then you write um the website in the comment section, and then you send it, and then you press the share button, and it'll say share to the space.
0: Thank you for teaching me. You're teaching me now. Okay.
2: I'm Googling it now and I can't necessarily find it. And I don't want to put my information in somebody's shit that's trying to steal people's information.
0: I got you. OpenAI.com and then forward slash ground. And then I'm going to, you said tweet it and then it's going to give me an option.
2: Um, Yeah, tweet it in the space. So you see the over in the right hand, you see the purple mm-hmm. bubble that says four. That's the comments. You click that, mm-hmm. and then it'll say Sexy Work, Sexy yo" is the comment section for our space. And then you type in um, something, and then you press reply, like I just did. And then there's a the little share button, and it says share the sex work CEO. So you'll see in the Jumbotron, I just put something up there. Well, I don't see it now, but I, I did, did Okay, I, hold on. Let me go see. I, I
0: added on. it in the comment. I don't see a place to add it to the thing, though. Okay,
2: so press the share. Oh, I see it right here. I'm going to do it for you. Sex okay, work perfect. CEO. The little share icon in the corner of the tweet that you just tweeted, you know, the little three dots with the lines, you click it, and at the top it says, sex, work, CEO, space, and you click that, and it'll share to the Jumbotron. Thank do you
0: see you. it? Thank you for teaching me some shit, yeah. Did I do it? I think I did. Yep, look in the Jumbo. Oh, I see it, I see yours too, perfect. Thank you for that, love that. Been looking for how to figure that out.
2: Yeah. It took me forever, somebody had to walk me through
0: <laughs> it. <laughs> this is the most valuable space that I've been in for me lately, thank you. Love that. Okay, and then Sedusa, we have to. We'll bring you up the speaker. All right, the floor is yours. Got
7: to leave the room. Some underage years around. Oh, okay. <laughs> I just been listening to the space, and to be honest, I've been kind of like trying to work on like my different platforms while I've been listening, and I just appreciate everybody who has come up you for hosting the space, and everybody who has come up with all of these questions. Because OnlyFans is something that I've had since 2021, and I have not maximized it to my ability. And I have honestly been so lost on how to do anything there. And listening to all of you today um, is giving me a lot more freedom to think in my mind on what I can do to gain more fans and to earn more money. So I just want to give a special heartfelt thank you to all of you for... Having the energy to be in this space today, I love all of you.
0: I love that. Thank you so much. That's so freaking sweet. No, I I love that, and that's like that's the whole reason we do stuff like this. And honestly, I learned from you guys so much that y'all come up and share things as well, and also the questions. Like, I don't play in a lot of the same content spaces as like erotic ASMR. I've done one of those in my life, but erotic ASMR or foot fetish. It's like those are small, small parts of my business. So even being asked on like how to do things differently or how to you know function if you come in from a clip site space, like it also is a exercise for me and how I would navigate it if I were doing that. Because so I don't think of things in that way, because that's not what I produce in, in the content I make. So yes. no, it's it's beneficial to me, and I'm so glad you're getting value from it. It
7: Yes, because I double as a <laughs> film dom and an erotic artist. I write erotic poetry, and I like to perform erotic stories on Lauren, or um, I just like to give something sexy to listen to. And uh, so because I have both of those from one page, because I really don't want to scatter myself more um, and it offers variety on my page. And now you and others have given me different ways to use the PPV and how to actually promote instead of just dropping the content and expecting the money flow. It's really about teasing them into a bigger sale uh, because it is sales.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. It, you know, And then that, like, that's been the biggest takeaway. Uh, in the things i've seen so i recently i opened up and this is not a sales pitch because i honestly don't think i'm going to keep doing it but i've opened up for a couple creators to do mentorship just so i can kind of see where where creators around the three thousand uh, monthly income mark are struggling mm. and just so i can draw a conclusion of like okay what videos could i be putting out on youtube that are going to help you this niche creators the most because i think that's kind of what our audience is is like that pain point mark is yes. um and it, it's all about the sales and PPVs. So it's given me such a good insight on like what direction to take things because I think a lot of creators think that what they're selling is the subscription, but really the subscription is kind of where you get the the audience in the, um, I guess, the community. Right. And then you're really upselling because think of like anything that you sell, like, you know, you see like these coaches that sell like Facebook ad courses, for example, what they really sell you on is like, hey, join my free webinar. And then you give them your email and you join their webinar. And they give you enough to kind of start a Facebook ad business or whatever, but then they upsell you on a course that's going to hold your hand and walk you through the process beginning to end. And that's really the sales pitch. But like, I kind of think our OnlyFans should be structured in that way where like the subscription is the entry to see the content and what I do and what my experience is like. But the PPVs is the, the top of the line experience that you're going to get with me. So I don't think creators should be afraid to upsell and be salesy. Like, even just the language saying, tell a fan to tip me or unlock this or, you know, like this or respond to this. Just that language alone, is it makes such a big difference. And um, in, in really, all the time when it comes from PPVs, like, I, I've run my page a variety of different ways. I love to honestly burn it to the ground and start over just to test new things because, like, that's what I find exciting.
7: Yeah.
0: Um, but whenever I do that, I'm always blown away because the numbers for me always come from PPVs. Always. That's good to know.
7: I'm going to use that to maximize for my learn- own sake because you guys have dropped a lot of knowledge today. I've been on my sticky notes on my computer, like trying to type every single thing that I can manage <laughs> to listen to <and> transcribe <laughs> at the same time.
0: <laughs> I love that. No, we actually, we're going to start turning these into blogs for, on our website for sex with CO2. So even if you visit, okay. we, yeah, and in, in our bio link too, you have, uh, there's an actual, it, t- it makes a playlist of our past spaces. So if you go on our bio link and click Twitter playlist. Um, it'll have all our past spaces, so you can always refer back to it.
7: Yay, that's so perfect. Okay, and I'm going to step down from the mic now, but thank you so much, and You're to everybody. So
0: thank you. I love y'all. <laughs> we love you, too. <laughs> Alright, uh, Foot Queen, you want to come back up, and then I have one more request here.
2: I'll go ahead and take the other request first.
0: Any request okay, no worries. Let me bring you up, Andy Ray, and, and a speaker, and you should have the mic here any second. Did I lose I think I lost her. Maybe she'll pop back and maybe she'll have a good
2: connection. Um, You can take it away, please. Okay. I just wanted to say, like I said previously, my OnlyFans used to just be a side hustle for me, something that I threw content on. I didn't have any marketing strategy. People would just come subscribe, and for their subscription price, they would get access to my stuff. But it really takes you thinking about this from a business perspective to maximize on your money, like being responsive to people that's messaging you, really taking those opportunities of these people being online and being horny to make money off of them. And um, like I said, I've been doing my pay-per-view thing for the last three weeks Mm -hmm. and it's been working and I'm looking at this pay-per-view, this really weird pay-per-view It's not even something that I usually would do. And I was like, let me just see if they would buy it. And so I did the pay-per-view and uh, I've gotten 13 unlocks in the last, when I posted about five hours ago, which is amazing. And this is something that I would have just posted on my ship for free. So, and people, I mean, people are willing to pay for what they want. And I think a lot of us are scared of being salesy because we don't want to run off people. But bitch, this is a business. This is how you make your income right here. You have to be salesy. Like you have to market to these people.
0: I think that so like salesy, like that term for some reason, not for some reason, I know why it gets a bad rap because a lot of people think about like either MLM salesy or like car salesmen or like things we associate with like a negative connotation or I'm saying that word wrong, but you know what I'm saying? Um, In reality, like everything, and I hate to say this because it sounds like so cold, but everything in life is transactional, whether it is you're trading time for happiness, you're trading, um, sacrificing something you love for someone you love anything is transactional and that comes down to sales to it. And you're right, this is a business, um, but there's a way to do it and that is ethical and moral and feels good. The only time it will ever not feel good to sell someone something is if you know you're not delivering on your end of it. So like, and I caution that because if you give fans uh, or users a bad experience, they don't come back. And it is so hard for us to drive traffic to our platforms that when you get it there, you wanna make sure you're providing them a great experience so that they continue to stay. And a lot of creators like they they shortcut the experience they provide because making content is hard and it's exhausting, and replying to messages is hard and it's exhausting. But honestly, being a content creator is a job, and it's not always going to be easy. You're not always going to feel like doing it. That's just I don't find that that's the reality of this business. And if you're treating it like a business, it will pay you like a business. But if you're treating it like a hobby, it's not going to do that. So like making sure that. If you don't want to feel bad about selling something, someone something that you are confident in what you're selling, like even because my background is mainstream sales, like I, I sold, God, I've sold everything. I I was an MLM, I've done all of that. Um, but I don't feel bad when I sell someone something that I believe in. Like I don't feel bad, even though I'm not selling uh, courses to online creators. Like I don't have a course for sale right now or anything. But I don't feel bad putting out the information because I've tested it and I know there's results behind it. So if you feel good about what you're selling and you're pitching and you know that you're providing what you say you are and you're going to give the experience you say you are, you should never feel bad about selling it. And then there's also in terms of like fan experience, like whenever a fan for me purchases a custom, you know, whatever the length of minutes is that they purchase, I know when I send that fan that custom, I'm adding a minute on. Not because I have to, not because it was easy for me to film or it made editing easier, but because if I over give the value, that fan's going to buy another custom. And on top of that, I'm going to get it to them in, 24 to 48 hours because i know other creators well so that fans experience on my page is going to be better than three or six of the other creators they're following and getting attention from because i'm giving them a better experience and then when it comes down to when money's fight or they have to crunch numbers around christmas i'm the fan page that they're going to stay sub to versus the other creators who aren't delivering so like it just gives you a competitive advantage to be good at what you're doing like that that really is what it what it comes down to you you should never feel bad about selling something that you know is worth what you're selling. And if you believe in what you're doing and you, you think, did your best at it, you shouldn't have feel bad about selling it. Um, okay, we got Nerdy. Nerdy, let me bring you back up. Okay, so how do you decide, and I know everybody
6: is different, but what is your best advice for pricing
0: content? In general, or like like in PPDs, mm. I'm assuming.
3: Uh,
6: Kind of both, kind of both. Because I have I have... I have um, Sex Panther, which I haven't been working super, super hard. Um, I've had an OnlyFans for a while, but again, I haven't pushed that super, super hard. I, I live stream more than anything. Like I'm live every night on, on Stream 8. So I'm okay. I'm just now kind of pushing more into the content side of it. So pricing sit on videos aren't just in general.
0: Okay, so there's two, I'll have to say two things because now that I know you're primarily live streamer. Um, keep in mind, obviously, every time we do a show, record it because that's content. Um, but also, you, you're you're almost in two different business models, right? So live streaming is you're trading your time for the money and the money's not guaranteed versus into content and media. You're trading 10 minutes or an hour of your time to film the content and then people will buy it for the rest of forever. That is the life of the content, the life you host an a OnlyFans or a clip site or what have you. So that's why I, I like to tell creators or stress that are content creation is almost always a better use of time than going live only with the exception of getting new audience like expanding your community building your audience live stream is phenomenal at that so it's typically a hybrid model where you're doing some kind of live streaming meeting new people getting new fans along with content creation is a really nice sweet spot because your business will always be growing even if you don't have a great source of traffic or lead generation or if you don't have massive socials for example because those sites do send you traffic even though it's not phenomenal all the time it's something um, but anyway, to your question about pricing, pricing, uh, this is not for me to most people listening want to hear, but it's really testing trial and error. So like when I went back through all my Sex Panther um, analytics for one example, I noticed that they have that. So Sex Panther people don't really know, but they do have a feed feature similar to OnlyFans um, where people can unlock stuff. So if you're not online, they can still unlock content. They can still view content. You can still make new fans that way. So, for example, my pricing on Sex Panther, based on the data of what people had been unlocking for the last year, told me that most people unlock my videos there uh, on the feed for like 6 to $8. So that dictates my pricing there. But when I'm going back and forth and messaging with a fan live on Sex Panther, like when they were texting, um, they're, for some reason, willing to pay $12 to unlock a minute-long clip because it's, real, it's in real time. And that value of like, I want you to say this and say my name when you show your tits or whatever, and getting that clip literally two minutes later, because we're in a more of a texting scenario and situation, I can price that way higher. And they don't mind paying for it because they know it's real. They know it's me and they know what's actually happening right now. Um, And then versus that versus OnlyFans. And then I'm going to do clip sites next versus OnlyFans. If you can make the experience feel real time in DMs, you can price higher. If you're sending out mass messages and they feel to the fan like a mass message, You can't price as high because they know they're not getting a one-on-one experience. Um, And then you flip that over to a clip site business model where your prices are your prices and that is directly reflective of the marketplace of the clip store you're on. So like if you're a fetish creator and you're on clips for sale, you're going to be able to price things in a market that the fetish creators on clips for sale price them at. So that's a matter of going to the top creators, like looking for if there's a leaderboard or if there's a way to see who's the top creator on that site whether it be many vids, whether it be Clips for Sale, whatever this clip store is, and seeing what the top people are pricing and pricing competitively in those same um, price points. So it depends where you're putting that content. Um For PPVs, trial and error, see what's getting the most unlocks and also make sure you're also evaluating the caption you wrote when you got that many unlocks. Was it a great caption? Is that what made this work? Was it the type of content that they mm-hmm. knew they were going to see on the other side? Um, or was it the fact that I priced it at this price point? A lot of people just think price points don't work, but they have weak copy. They have weak sales copy. That doesn't make people want to unlock it. If I send out a video for fourteen let's say it's an eight-minute video, and I say, um, uh, write, writing video from camping last weekend. And that's why I say, like, okay, people are going to be maybe interested in that, but it's not a super sexy caption. But if I say, um, sneakily, or I that I caught riding cock in my tent at my campsite if you wish it were you unlock this that's a call to action that's a more seductive copy and that's going to get more unlocked you have to also dictate depending on where you're pricing these things what business model you're using if it is dependent on the copy the content or the price and then looking at the statistics and deciding what price point is most lucrative for you so it's always going to come back to trial and error and it's always going to come back to analyzing the data and also the marketplace you're selling it on so if it's a clip store pricing it against the market on the Clip Store If it's in your PPVs, looking at your data, seeing what gets the most unlocks and seeing if it's a factor of price, copy or content. And then if it's something like Sex Panther, looking at your data for what got you the most unlocks, is it the price, copy or content? And then if you're doing one-on-one messaging in DMs or in Sex Panther, like text messaging, um, knowing that that real time, real content feel is going to be more valuable and you can price it higher. So that's a big answer. And I'm sorry, it's not like one size fits all at all, but um that's how i would approach my thing
6: oh no that was phenomenal like yeah, i'm <laughs> over here still writing notes i appreciate it <laughs> you're so
0: sweet yeah so queen come back and
6: really quick you on your paid
2: page when you tell people to tip you what did you use to do again um can you explain it again when you ask like for tips for,
0: for the like in the post to me
2: yeah on the post
0: okay so I will make a, typically a good one that you can always fall back on is if and then statements. So like, if you like this, uh, tip this post, or if you like this laundry, then tip this post to let me know. So if and then statements. Um, Something else you could say, like if it doesn't have to be laundry, but if you would follow directions, um, then tip this post and I'll DM you a JOI just for you. And like, you know, like you can use that if and then, you can change the language. But as long as you have that call to action, and again, making it blue with that font hat, three asterisks before and after, that's gonna also help improve the uh, unlock, or the tip. Thanks. Thanks. You're welcome. Uh, all of the information that we put out here on Setswork CO, it's free. Because we believe in this idea of financially successful creators are willing to better impact our community. And having more resources will allow us to do things like lobby congress you know impact policy and make change so if you do value the content and the things you heard today and like the tweets we put out please engage with us please please, please share um we want to encounter as many adult creators as we possibly can we only ask is that you need to ensure stuff as much as can be possible so thank you so much in advance and then, uh beyond that this is going to conclude um, next week is going to be entirely about making data-driven decisions understanding your analytics and then making improvements like a business owner I hope that interests you and I hope I can see you guys all again. It would be absolutely incredible if you rated this podcast five stars and left a little review. We want to get this podcast to as many adult creators as possible. And you taking a second to leave a couple stars in a review really helps us do that. Thanks so much. If you miss the space, you can always click the link in our bio and see our complete library of past spaces. And you can always tune in after the fact. So don't ever be afraid. If you're going to miss it, it'll always be out there in the ether for you. So... That being said, again, I'm Margaret Michaels, uh, adult industry creator myself. Um, Sexwork CEO's mission is just to make as many creators as financially secure as possible. If you're not following our socials, Twitter, Instagram, at Sexwork CEO, TikTok, and YouTube forward slash SWCEO. And then um, if you're a fan of what we do, make sure you share. And uh, thank you guys so much. This was an amazing space. I'm obsessed with this space. Thank you so much for participating. Love y'all and I'll see you next week. Bye, guys.
1: Who misses free and affordable ads without the anti-sex work rhetoric? Assembly 4 is a team of sex workers and technologists from Melbourne, Australia, aiming to bring back free and fair advertising to the sex work community. They also give back to organizations based in harm reduction, sex work, and education. Stepping away from the clunky design of traditional platforms, their platform Tris.link is a refreshing and well-needed change in both presentation and mission. It's free to join and open to all. In the words of an A4 user, from the policies to the language to the advice and tips it makes such a big difference to feel supported and encouraged instead of policed